0: The Electronic electronic Intifada. intifada. The Electronic electronic Intifada. -intifada. This is the Electronic Intifada podcast.
1: This is Sarah Irving of Electronic Intifada at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. I'm going to be speaking to Moayed Alayan, the director of the brilliant new feature film Love, Theft and Other Entanglements, and Sami Matwasi, the star of the film.
2: I'm Muayyad Aliyan. I'm a Palestinian filmmaker based in Jerusalem, between Jerusalem and Bethlehem, in fact. Um, I'm a director, cinematographer, writer, producer, you name it. I'm Sami Mitwasi.
0: I'm a Palestinian actor slash director slash writer. I do also music. I'm based in uh, many places, U.S., uh, Jordan, and Palestine.
1: Okay, Moed, could you tell us a little bit about the origin of the film, how you and your brother came to write it, what inspired
2: you to to do so? The idea started when me and Rami uh, were trying to write a story about an average human being, an average uh, person Mm -hmm. uh, in Palestine that's trying to break away from all his troubles, from his past and from the troubles of living under occupation. And we had this feeling that m- a lot of the Palestinian films and films on Palestine uh, either um, involve characters that are uh, supernationalistic, patriotic, the hero, mm-hmm. or the other extreme, the victim. Um, and unfortunately, in some cases, there are a lot of films on Palestine that uh, depict the Palestinians as, you know, the evils or, you know, the evil per- persons, or the uh, the demons, unfortunately, in some, well, in a lot of Israeli films, for example. Um, so that's how it started, and uh, we, we just, um, I came to run with the idea of a guy who steals cars to try to uh, bribe a way out of the country, and we just came up with the perfect trouble scenario for him, where he finds a soldier kidnapped in the trunk of the car, and things happen and he gets into deeper and deeper trouble
1: and uh, Sammy you also spoke at the festival yesterday evening um, very much about uh, how you and and some other Palestinian artists uh, are very interested in taking this kind of idea of trying to go beyond where a lot of Palestinian art has has been recently, and and explore new ideas, Could, and, and this film very much does that. Could you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Yes, it was. Um, it's been a long journey for uh, the Palestinians, especially the uh, the intellect intellects uh, writing about uh, the the story of Palestine and the the conflict, um, uh, revealing the truth to the world, uh, carrying this uh, message. It's been um, in stages. With the f- the first stages was like um, talking, really uh, uh, carrying this uh, uh, burden with us wherever we go, uh, presenting it as uh, um, a very serious. Uh, uh, problem it's concerning the only the palestinians but since it's taking a long time we see this uh, conflict or this issue is more uh, of international it's uh, it's affecting the whole humanity because this region is very very uh, a hot spot and uh, what's happening in palestine and still going on it's um, it's reprogramming the mentalities and the politics and uh, um, the the way people look at the region, we uh, a lot of a, part, a big part of the uh, truth has been uh, uh, has been I mean reached a lot a lot of uh, uh, interna- Westerns internationals, and uh, we felt like okay this is gonna this is reflecting on our image, this putting us on a on a in a um, a frame where we are we are victims all the time and we need the support um, we're under un- unfair injustice uh, occupation uh, Zionist government um, but um, the thing is that it's uh, also affecting the Palestinians and the community or society within how they carry themselves how they uh, w- uh, continue to live how they write the history um, and we feel it's uh, not taking us to a a very uh, far place. We need to look at it from a different uh, perspective and which is we we have to think more human as more internationally as a human being rather than just Palestinians all the time. So um, we learn from other um, experiences. From, through how the history how they overcame such uh, such uh, experience conflict and uh, we find that even uh, getting out of uh, the picture and looking at it more objectively we can deal with the story from more, a bigger dimension uh, richer more diverse and as humans, and then the background of the, the story of Palestine-Israel is always in the back of uh, whatever we do because this is our reality. We cannot be, you know, talking about something. So um, um, dealing with that and uh, um, gave us a lot of chances to uh, write the protagonist. Protagonist, yes, in a different way. And it gave us, it reflects actually for us as a a way out for intellects and artists to explore more, to connect with the world more, with humanity more. And uh, it gave us a ground where we can think differently. For example, we've been, the last few works we've done, especially in theater, there is a play. It's called "Word and Jasmine" and uh, "Roses and Jasmine." Mm-hmm. It's by Adel Hakim. He's a French uh, writer and director. Very important in uh, this Europe. This is um, at al N- Yes, and it uh, the story was about uh, a family, Jewish family, who ran out uh, from the Holocaust and came to Palestine. The Mandate during the Mandate and the whole story of uh, Palestinian pain or the conflict is seen through their eyes and we are playing that and are, through working on that we explored um, a lot of um, um, concepts uh, towards the how how is the Palesti- Palestinian-Israeli conflict is seen, not just through our eyes, also through the enemy's eyes and how humanity where is humanity on which level it is uh, shown or present and uh, it gave us uh, maturity a more of a maturity um, uh, uh, um, element more mature towards uh, understanding the real cause of uh, the whole thing the whole conflict in through a human level and how politics uh, uh, programming all the humanity uh, pain and, uh, that they cause through uh, their actions in that region and how we ref- reflect or act and where these decisions are taking us as society also. Uh, not just a uh, political uh, view, I don't know if that was clear.
1: <laughs> no, no, that yeah. was great, thank you. Um, Moir, t- uh to go back to the film specifically, um, without giving too much away, because okay. obviously it's a, it's a very complex plot and um, okay. it's uh, it's something where yeah people need to see the film in order to follow exactly what's going on there. But if you could talk a bit about what the actual film is about and, and, and a little bit about what happens in it.
2: Okay, um, it's the story of Musa who is a Palestinian refugee who lives uh, with his father in a refugee camp. Uh, he lives a troubled life, he works in construction with his father inside of Israel. He has a permit to work inside the Israeli territory. Uh, he has a troubled past, he, um, he's basically uh, still hanging on to a love relationship which um, was ruined because of his own actions and his own lack of responsibility and he just wants a way out, he's trying to dig a way out of that life and he steals cars to do so, he's trying to secure money to bribe uh, his way out of the country to get a visa to, to go to Europe and the last car he needs to steal to secure that money just turns out to have a kidnapped Israeli soldier in the back of the trunk and he ends up getting stuck between the Palestinian militias who are looking for their car that was stolen, and the Israeli intelligence that are looking for the Palestinian militias. And he's basically in the middle of that mess. He's down his back to the center of the conflict. Uh, so he has to with he has to deal with that. He has to deal with his own problems, his own personal issues and relationship. And he has to get the money on time. So I can and and everything goes from yeah, there. Rindo, yeah. Yes, Rindo.
1: no, it is yeah. very much. Um, and I have to say, one of the things that it very much reminded me of watching it yesterday, and especially with the black and white, um, was those kind of um, classic Hollywood movies where you know you always have the. The sort of you know the, the low level crook and like you say he does one last job one last heist whatever it is and that's the thing that goes wrong and and everything spirals from there and and the black and white I think very much kind of reinforced um, that sort of feeling that this was something that you could almost imagine I mean I mentioned Chaplin but also kind of I don't know Harry Grant or somebody being in this kind of thing um, about the black and white why did you choose that?
2: Um. When we were writing this, and when we were exploring styles we we wanted the story to take place in a fairy tale world in a dreamy, absurd world. We wanted the events to be real and the characters to be real, but we wanted things to be happening in a very absurd and dreamy way that the audiences would feel that this is this is actually true, but at the same time, this is Awkward, so, and uh, that's that. That the black and white was one of the elements we used to push in that direction, to push in that fairy taleish style. Um, and um, I'm glad it works. I think the reactions of the audiences, the, when I see the audiences, you know, laugh at certain moments and then go quiet at certain, you know, more serious uh, uh, points in the story, I, I really feel that that works. And another reason for the black and white is, we. It, we wanted to you know step away from all the stereotypical images that Western and international audiences are used to out of Palestine and the conflict um, the typical images that are seen in either documentaries or fiction or in the media uh, and we wanted to take that element out so it is not a point of interest in its, in itself and we just wanted to give the stage to the characters and the events that are happening in the story so that's that's the reason for the black and white. Yeah,
0: personally, I was afraid that, that the black and white would be a barrier for the audience's eye oh. since it's exposed and used to the old Hollywood and effects and these colors. I was always like telling, Mayad, please reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> but he's—I uh, 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 give him. I was right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very smart move. Because when you see the movie, you don't think about the black and white at all. Mm. You, loo- you—it it actually, really, it's like a, a a very, very clever background for as an audience that it carries you to that place mm. where how you feel this—the uh, whole scenario is uh, taking its way towards these events. So I think, yeah, thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought one of the things that was also interesting about the black and white was because I knew it was going to be in black and white, I thought that maybe it was going to be a bit like some of the independent films that you get that are deliberately, mm. not just black and white, but kind of grainy, like they're old. And then in that first scene where you're mixing the cement, Sammy, mm. um, it's not grainy at all. It's It's perfectly clear. Mm. And in some ways, aesthetically, that's very beautiful and, and very interesting because it just gives the kind of nuances visually as well as the nuances that are going on in the story um, and, and that was, was nice. something that I found quite interesting at the beginning, it surprised me a little bit because it wasn't quite what I was expecting. Um, one of the other things that people maybe might not expect from um, a stereotypical Palestinian film is that there's a lot of comedy within it. Um, Sammy, if you could maybe start talking about that, because a lot of the comedy is quite physical comedy. You know, you convey an awful lot um, through 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 just how you move and how you physically express, particularly the frustration, and that's just h- hilarious to watch. But you can also feel how t- the total rage in this guy, because everything he wants to do is being thwarted. He's being cut off at every point, and and yes, just. The, the way that you were getting that across was just so kind of... you could see that this was a person who was about to burst. Yes. And I was wondering if you could talk about that kind of physical kind of process.
0: <laughs> it's actually what helped me really is the writing mm-hmm. of the character uh, by Muayyad and Ambrami. Uh, it's a very uh, good uh, script. And the way the proga- protagonist is uh, shown through his journey is a very... Uh, strong i think uh, this helped a lot i didn't when i when i went to the script and worked on the character i i didn't think of stylizing the the character in a way especially physically or something i was thinking of a deeper on a deeper level that this person is um, not representing the palestinian uh, conf, uh, cause or issue it's more of a human being and I want to see it as taken out from that context. And being in such a, such a situation, how he would react physically, uh, the way he talks, uh, his reactions, the tempo and all of that. And it gave me more space to explore, uh, to explore him more uh, on a human level. And for uh, Musa, uh, the way it's written, he's a simple guy. And uh, for him, a big burden is too much to take like uh, you know the situation living there and his little decisions they took him to that direction where where he became that person mm-hmm. he's responsible or whatever you can call him from outside judging as a as a person living in that situation but uh, for him it's not uh, an irresponsibility it's more of just uh, reacting to a very frustrating situation where a human being wants just to look for his basic rights and live, and uh, you know feel as a, as a, he has a, a mission or a, a living in a normal situation. Where can he be respected or looked at as individual rather than just part of this uh, folk? And uh, there, uh, since he's coming from also a cam- um, the camp. Palestinian camp Uh, there is this still there uh, they um, keep they still have this uh, uh, little special uh, qualities of uh, uh, innocence a bit of uh, they're always attentive always alive uh, although they are they're okay depressed maybe or down or but still there is this quality of life which is simple day-to-day life routine that they look at as okay, I want to live. I want to uh, find food for today. I want to, you know, fix this, fix that. It's all like you know, basic, basic uh, needs, mm-hmm. and which keeps them on on a very simple, you know, lifestyle, mm-hmm. and this reflects his uh, his uh, his behavior or quality. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Electronic Intifada podcast. Visit us online at electronicintifada.net or follow us on Twitter at Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. The
1: Electronic Intifada. intifada, electronic. The the electronic. Electronic intifada. Why, in terms of being both the, the story writer and also the director, what, what was important for you about about having that comic element in there? I,
2: I wanted Sammy to be... Um, a normal average guy who's not perfect even as a thief or as whatever he was doing, you know he's not a perfect human being so he's so super clumsy in stealing cars mm-hmm. he's he's all of a sudden he finds himself you know responsible for this kidnap so he has to act as if he's one of the militia men mm-hmm. at a certain point and he's just not that guy he's just not good with these things he's 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 physically unable to to do this he was not born for this mm-hmm. And I think the situation under occupation in Palestine just puts you in areas where you need to survive and you need to keep going on and you need to save yourself or save your family that you're forced to act and react in, in certain situations that are much, much bigger than you. But you still do that. And that was one of the elements that uh, I had in mind. Uh, another thing was the frustration. Uh, many of the scenes I, I, I asked Sammy and in some scenes Maya to act with this frustrated, you know, suffocating, you know, behavior, where where things are at the edge all the time, and people are so angry, because, believe it or not, we we are super, super tense. If you walk in Jerusalem, for example, or, or in Bethlehem, in any of the refugee camps, people have been oppressed for so long, that it appears on, you know, on your physical behavior, that you're ready every single minute in the day. You're, like, things are here, you know? So... That, that was another element and uh, it is funny in some way that you know you're living this frustration 24 hours seven, <laughs> 7 days a week and when you're put in awkward situations it really looks funny from the outside like you yourself you laugh about it so the audiences are laughing about it too so mm-hmm. yeah
1: there's two Israeli characters in the film one of whom is really quite sinister. The other one, the soldier, there's a number of quite comic moments with him. Um, But there's also the scene, Sammy, where you and he are talking uh, and uh, you're asking him about what it is that he does in the army. uh, And he talks about not getting the job that he wanted within the army. And there's almost there a sense of, of equality. This is two men Neither of whom are doing what they want in life. Neither of whom know how they're going to get where they go. Was that a deliberate kind of move on either of your parts to to give this 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 guy also a, a something in common with Musa?
2: I'll, I'll do the storytelling. You do the acting part. <laughs> <laughs> I I think when when we were writing this, uh, Avi the soldier uh, was. Musa's reflection in his uh, imperfection, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's not a perfect man, he is not the perfect soldier, he is also a clumsy soldier who's, who just doesn't want to be in the army, he actually would rather be doing something else. But like, a good amount of Israelis who are forced by the Israeli system and the Zionist system to be put in the army, and to go harass other people, and to go turn other people's lives into hell uh, he's, he's there and he, he has to do this because he has to do this and uh, he would rather be doing something else uh, as opposed to the other Israeli character um, the, the intelligence officer who is the typical security man, the typical Israeli security officer who represents that uh, system and that infrastructure of Israeli occupation and security so, um, yeah. uh, I
0: just want to um, highlight that uh, they're not equal in any way from the bigger picture. In the mm-hmm. bigger picture, because he's coming from the enemy side, from the power, powerful side, and the other one is the dahi, uh, uh, the, the the victim. Uh, the, victim. Uh, the only similarity is his uh, status within this. Uh, 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 institution, institution they, uh, their relationship to that level and uh, reaction towards uh, a situation is different because he looks at himself as a more he's from a powerful uh, party mm-hmm. I look myself from a victim party but mm-hmm. the, the thing is that for uh, the soldier um, he the fact that he lives in Israel as a as a person as a human being makes him um, makes him um, um, an oppressor, because he pays taxes to his government, uh, support the military. He wants to fit in still. Uh, in a way uh, he couldn't but he he wants to he wants to feel to belong he's not somebody who's fighting his this uh, oppressor like uh, or seeing his uh, government as a, an oppressor yeah he didn't refuse the military no or he didn't yeah. so uh, the only real relation is that their um, their status within this uh, institution the f- this is one similar similarity um, and it's on a human level it's their reaction towards that, as, uh, okay, how much energy or capability I have to fit in or to try harder or to become one of these, uh, you know, um, and this is the thing, that there may be quality as people, uh, let's say they're not, uh, they're not the kind of, you um, the uh, There is the Darwish, we say Darwish, mm-hmm. you know what Darwish Basic. is? Basic, like a simple... More, uh, the, the, always there are the Darwish, do you, do you know, are familiar with Darwish? Yeah. Darwish are people who don't belong to the system, yeah. naturally they don't fit because it's too much of... Uh, uh, um, responsibilities and you know, system. Yeah. You have to survive. You have to. They like somebody feel. Somebody who's an outsider,
1: life, but almost chooses to. Yeah, to they, be they're an more laid back. They want. Yeah. yeah,
0: you want something else. Always, yeah. they want something else. They look for something else, uh, uh, and they they don't fit. They feel they couldn't find. It. They don't fit. So in that scene when they sit together, this is the only. Um, this uh, similarity or touch within b- between them both of them but still they don't also you can feel they don't uh, connect really well yeah because they have this back, b- big burden or uh, history mm-hmm. that they carry or the background they're coming from uh, it's I think it's very clear although they are on the same status uh, in relation to their uh, institution mm-hmm. uh, the other um, Soldier, the other uh, Israeli character is the one who wants and he succeeded to be the oppressor and mm-hmm. he feels empowered by this system that he lives in. Um, and uh, for him he fits in really well and um, it's, both of them are dangerous for us, mm-hmm. let's say, as Palestinians. Yes. Because one is irresponsible and he does really things that reflects badly on, uh, on the conflict and one who's making decisions and intentionally wants to hurt and wants to... uh...
1: Yeah. Okay, Uh, is there anything that either of you want to talk about or to mention Mm. that I haven't asked
2: about? I think with this production we were trying to explore and experiment with a new model of production that has proven to be successful in many places around the world, a very low budget indie guerrilla style of filmmaking um, that's has been explored and proven to be successful in Europe, in the States, in uh, Latin America, Asia, wherever there is independent uh, bottom-up filmmaking that is not the typical industry uh, uh, filmmaking or cinema. Um, In recent years Uh, The only way for Palestinian fiction films um, to be made was through co-productions and mainly co-productions through Europe, which was fantastic. It was amazing. Uh, Without that, I think so many films would have never been possible. But at the same time, I think that is limiting us in how many stories we tell and how many films we make. Um, I know a lot of people in my generation previous generations and even younger generations who are very frustrated and depressed because it's a very very hard thing to break into and it's so hard to get large sums of money to make a film in Palestine and uh, what we were hoping is that this would Maybe, inshallah, start uh, a snowball effect where people who have been working on their films for so long would just um, start exploring uh, other ways of getting the films made with the resources that we have in Palestine, the strengths that we have as a Palestinian community, which is a very, very generous community and a very... Uh, helping community towards each other and towards the other, um, I hope that will you know uh, get more films made and more productions uh, uh, accomplished and um, yeah I, I hope that that route also proves to be uh, successful for other filmmakers
0: yeah
1: actually just going back as well, another thing that you spoke about a little bit yesterday was. Um, as well as the financial aspects of production, the the physical aspects of making the film and the issues of working around areas A, B, C, Jerusalem permits, all of this kind of thing. If you could just talk a little bit about that. Sure,
2: sure, sure. Well, there were so many things to take into consideration during the production. A lot of obstacles to, you know, bypass. Uh, One thing was we 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 had, we we planned the production around Easter because uh, some of the members of our crew get permits during the Easter holiday, very few percentage of Palestinians get permits through Easter holiday and uh, the army, the Israeli uh, military was late in delivering these permits And then we had to reschedule a few days because Sammy and uh, our line producer and our sound technician could not get into Jerusalem, so we had to reschedule a few days. Um, In other occasions, we we had to coordinate the shooting days in a way where certain props were accessible to certain location or not. For example, we had to arrange with the Palestinian security and the Palestinian police to get the machine guns for some scenes. So the West Bank is divided into area A, B, and C. Area A is under full Palestinian control by the Palestinian Authority. Area B is run by the Israeli army for all the security reasons. And um, the civil life is run by the Palestinian Authority. And area C is under complete control of the uh, Israeli army. So, uh, in the film, whenever there are scenes with machine guns, we were shooting those in area A, because the police were there. And when we had scenes in area C, we had to get toy guns, or lighter guns and we had to break down every day's shooting based on the location and the props and the accessibility of the actors to which area and so there's a lot of things that as a Palestinian independent filmmaker you have to worry, I mean and independent filmmakers all over the world face so much trouble in getting their films across but as a Palestinian you have a whole long you know, list of other things that you need to think about and worry about uh, we had to um, to get the Israeli soldier's costume and then which area can we get it in and you know avoid being you know uh, getting in trouble with that and it, it, yeah so so many things to worry about and, yeah but it worked it worked we were a very small crew everybody mm-hmm. multitasked it, it was crazy like I think I abused everybody um, <laughs> my gaffer was one of the militiamen one of the extras my assistant director was also doing uh, one of the militiamen my camera assistant also had a role in the film he was acting I drove the car in one of the scenes because Sammy was. it was my car so Sammy was worried that he's being too you know aggressive with the car so I just gave the <laughs> I <laughs> assisted the camera told him okay, I'll just drive it and then Rami, my brother who was doing Art Direction ended up being the falafel Thanks. seller I in the film to
0: do the lead yeah, imagine.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, But imagine but that's, that's the fun of it I mean uh, once you're done you look back at things and you say you know what that was actually a lot of fun, and you want to do it again. So
0: This is why also as an actor, not a producer or something, it's, uh, we always accept low budgets because <laughs> this, is the, this is the case in Palestine. There's no industry. It's hard to get the money to do such things. You always, the world sees the results, and they think that, uh, okay, they have resources, they have uh, support in, in a way. But this is, we always, like artists, uh, always dig in concrete always, every day, on a daily level, not just financially, also uh, uh, culturally because they have to always expand the borders of the mentality and the social uh, acceptance acceptance and we always have to think about that in relation to also uh, um, facilities and how much we are capable to present it in a good way and the right way we want to. So this is the a equation, and there is a sentence that affected me last night. For the first time, I remember like, oh, shit. this is me also. But Musa, when his father comes and tells him, uh, Musa tells his father, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you don't make it in your country, you won't make it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, as Sami, maybe you saw my uh, global uh, also premiere, and the globe, I mean, uh, the mm-hmm. King Richard and things. Okay, I have the chances to go outside and work, and I see the privilege. I see the the standards of uh, uh, for the artist living uh, in in, in such a normal place like England. Or they support and they have uh, departments to support arts and artists and protect them uh, security wise. And they the the work of le- the uh, level of work is on a really some on a st- is on a Place where um, many artists dream to be, at. Uh, so I, f- I am Sammy. To was I always think of leaving, 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 and always, uh, it's enough. You know, okay, I'll try another year, and then I say, okay, I'm not gonna leave. Then I'm, okay, I'll give it another chance. Then I leave next year. This is always, always on the, on the back of our heads, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they had no choice because some of them, they got present while working in uh, actually productions or Mm -hmm. uh, theater plays or um, giving a message that is uh, very critical or dangerous to the Israeli uh, and the Palestinians sometimes. So uh, politics, there is no uh, safe way to... uh to, you know, manage or but to,
2: I, uh, I, I would add that, you know, I think to me, and I'm sure to you also, it's the community that always uh, gives you the hope and gives you that extra push. I'm, I'm super grateful. I mean. People were offering us their houses and their garages as locations. This is culture. Yeah, this is our culture. We don't have the resources, but we have a very, very generous society, generous, which yes. is uh, amazing to so. us as filmmakers and artists. It keeps us yeah, motivated. It, uh, you know, also. people were offering us food and drinks, and just people want to help, just because you know y- y- they want to help. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're we're yeah. lucky too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course we are. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and next plans?
2: Um, I'm writing something, me and Rami. We're we're developing our next script. Um, We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Um, I know we're going to make it. If we get um, co-productions or not, we're going to make it happen. Um, It's going to take some time, but it's in development. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm working really hard on Maya to be in one
0: of his next. <laughs> films. I think Maya and Rami are really one of the very important uh, directors and writers in Palestine because uh, they are still uh, experimenting always, and uh, they have no fear inside. They they are mature uh, on a personal level to think differently, to explore uh, risky things. And uh, uh, working with such artists is a pleasure, really, it's a gift. The um, pleasure is ours. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm red. <laughs> More red. But I would also
0: love for the future also to, uh, to do such, uh, to be uh, part of projects where it can uh, open the door for Palestinians and the world to look at the situation humanly in a different way
2: and to explore politics differently. Wonderful. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah.
0: Thank you both
1: very, very much.
2: And that's it for the Electronic
1: Intifada
0: podcast. For news, information, cultural features and reviews, and pointed opinion and analysis, visit us online at electronicintifada.net. You can also post comments and sign up for our daily email digest. Follow us on Twitter at Intifada. Radio stations are free to use this podcast, and on behalf of all of us at the Electronic Intifada, thank you for listening.